In this episode, we speak with Tom Levine, CEO and founder of Verbit, a provider of live captioning and transcription services. The company uses voice AI, integrations, and professional transcribers to help businesses provide accessible, compliant meetings and events for a host of industries. A leader in the $30 billion transcription industry, Verbit has raised over $360 million to date after closing its Series E funding round. A former lawyer, Tom founded Verbit knowing how much money was being spent on transcription. He saw that many more industries could benefit from access to accurate transcripts. He has expertise in enterprise software, as well as tech-enabled and SaaS businesses, and is an active investor in promising tech companies. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. If you like the episode, click to subscribe. RJ Lumba is the managing partner of GrowthCap and the executive chairman of Market Insight Media. He is the host of Growth Investor, a podcast featuring today's best investors, executives, and founders. In the minutes ahead, we'll uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's a delight to be with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So where I'd like to start is learning about the transcription industry and why it's so attractive. You founded and are building Verbit and have been doing so in the last several years uh, in rapid fashion, and you've raised over $600 million, uh, which is uh, notable. Tell us about why this industry is so attractive. Sure, sure. would love to. So first and foremost is a $30 billion manual industry, right? Like really fragmented, divided into verticals, right? Like uh, you have a healthcare vertical, you have legal vertical, you have government, you have insurance, you have uh, education, you have media, right? Like uh, call centers, many, many, many use cases. So voices everywhere, right? So basically, you know, the transcription is based on voice and voice to text and AI and, you know, what's also going on with Gen AI. So it's like the hardest place to be around the voice. AI company like Verbit. So we came with the promise and delivered on this promise uh, to be the world's largest AI-powered transcription platform that will disrupt the the industry, right? Because I, I the reason I started Verbit because I was frustrated uh, customer and I'm a lawyer. No one is perfect. So with all the legal transcript and I saw how manual is the process and how old is it and, and not efficient, etc. And you know when technology meet like as an entrepreneur you know if you want to look to solve a big problem so where you know it's manual and lack of efficiency and technology can turn it around and and basically digitize it and bring the innovation and ai to disrupt the industry instead of doing it fully manual with ai with a small touch of the human to have a accurate perfect concept so we transform the way that the industry where we were the pioneer and we are the as i said after six and a half years since i started the business uh, raised over $600 million in the valuation of north than a $2 billion with leading investors such as Third Point uh, Ventures, Sapphire Ventures, Stripes uh, Group from New York, and the Israeli angle of Viola Ventures, Ventage Venture, and Horizon uh, Capital. So a lot of good investors are backing the company since the early days until uh, where we are today with uh, almost 4,000 customers over $80 million in ARR and, and, and growing and, and uh, consolidating the, the industry with a unique tech-enabled world strategy. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, getting started. 
And is there one kind of example that say when you were out fundraising where it was evident that, you know, it was your solution that would be the dominant player in the space? So basically, like the way we positioned ourselves is like uh, the Uber for transcription, right? So like uh, Uber came and took the the taxi industry and digitized it, right? And and make it with smart technology, etc. Behind it, and yeah. So today is the world largest taxi platform on earth, right? So this was our you know kind of inspiration uh, you can think about, and yeah, and uh, because not like it required a lot of combination of like. You know, you can say someone either uh, genius or crazy uh, like me for like living whatever and start this company, right? And I, I really, I saw the vision, I believed in it. I never imagined in, in six and a half years we'll be where we're at today. But yeah, it was an amazing journey. We were just uh, getting started and a lot of excitements uh, ahead with like like being the, the first one and uh, in the industry to, to do it and to attract you know, tier one investors to believe in our vision and in our dream. So, you know, it's also about helping people think about our conversation right now, right? A lot of verbal information exchange. And if you are deaf or hard of hearing without the verbi transcript, you know, you wouldn't be able to enjoy the verbal information. So basically our vision is to allow all verbal information to be uh, accessible, searchable and insightful, right? So now with the Gen AI, you can create a lot of value from those words and those texts uh, that we're creating with unique access to the workflow and the data. So this is our product roadmap ahead to, to come up with a new, we just announced our new uh, Gen V suite of Gen AI solution and we kind of customize it per vertical. So it's going to be really interesting years ahead. We invested over $100 million in R&D in our voice AI technology over the years. So yeah, hell of a ride. You mentioned that uh, you would have never imagined that you'd be where you are today. Reflecting back, what do you think went well that maybe surprised you that you hadn't anticipated? I think it's the timing. I think everything was a perfect timing match because speech recognition has existed for a long time. Right? We haven't embedded it, but like we took this unique approach that instead of like doing everything manually, right? Like let's say we take this recording, okay? We send it to, there's a lot of, like more than 5,000 traditional conscription agencies out there today that's still doing it manually. And basically with our technology, this is what I'm saying, we're consolidating and disrupting the market to become the world AI-based transcription platform and uh, more exciting news ahead that I cannot share at the moment, but like we were really doubling down on our consolidation strategy. We did more than six M&As to acquire uh, manual legacy transcription businesses and basically buying their customer base and implementing our technology and creating a lot of free cash flow and efficiency. So this is why we managed to attract, you know, the tier one investors like we we have. And it's an interesting period of time for us. So, so to your question around what is like unique is the timing that, you know, in, in 2016, early 17, which we started the company in early 2017, you saw the cloud improvement and the deep learning, et cetera, and really started to see that uh, voice as technology is maturing and getting better because I remembered when I finished to practice law, I got my lawyer certification. I played with the voice AI technology back then and it was shit, right? So if you will put this uh, voice of this conversation as an input, 
and you can hear my terrible Israeli accent because there's a lot of parameters that affect the accuracy of the speech recognition. I can elaborate if you think it will be interesting for the audience, but the voice ad wasn't there. And, and a lot of researchers show that if the accuracy is less than 80%, it's better to start it from some scratch and you know identify like the right timing that this was the timing that AI was above 80%. And this is like more efficient to have an AI output and human just editing it rather than to write it from scratch and and write timing and then like a good environment of the macro that like technology funds, venture funds are investing. And, and today, luckily, you know, I'm also LP in funds and investing back in, in the community, very involved and active here in the Israeli tech community. So, yeah, so I have the, also to now to understand how they think about the, the business, etc. So... To be able to fundraise over the years and with COVID, right? So we were like then digitizing in COVID. It's all about digital transformation and the COVID give us a boost. We see amazing uh, increase, right? So think about it, that the company exists for six and a half years. First year, like was me trying to recruit the team and, and raise some money. Then, okay, developing the product and then start selling. So basically we grew from 1 million to 80 million in ARR, annual recurring revenue. In, in basically four years, right? So uh, it was an amazing growth journey. And then and, and we are aiming now how we can be a billionaire company in the next future because we have a pipeline of 1,400 companies that are manual that we can buy with aggregate revenue of $1.5 billion. So it's really, uh, this is why I said we're doubling down on the consolidation strategy and buying more of those uh, businesses. And this is why... We're always open to you know speak with private equities that can help us to execute on 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 this dream, right? Because it's like classic tech-enabled PE rollup. So so yeah, we are one partner with the best in the world. So it could be interesting for our next journey ahead as, as a company before always- going public. So my dream eventually is to take this company public, but I think you know it requires a step with like a strong sponsor like private equity. I'm always interested in learning about the entrepreneurial mindset that, you know, at the beginning stages, when you realized this issue about transcription technology not being sufficient, were you at that moment immediately convinced this is how you would proceed and you would do so aggressively and ambitiously? Or did it take you some time? Did you deliberate and belabor the thought process should i start this company yeah so i'll tell you a lesson that i i learned from our uh, previous president shimon Peres. he has the israeli innovation for peace here in, in tel aviv and and by the way verbi transcribe all the verbal information there and have them to be accessible it was an amazing project so his motto dream big right so I remember in the early days that my, my co-founders came with asking me, how are we going to compete with them, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, we're going to buy them one day. And they said, like, well, like, what this guy, how much weed did he take? Or like, oh, how much uh, hangover uh, from, I don't know. And, and yeah, and I reminded them, like, this conversation a few years after. And I said, you are, like, visionary that dream big. And, 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 and then uh, I dreamed about it. You know, there is uh, and believed in my abilities to execute and still believing in my ability to take us to the next chapter, to the, you know, one billion of, of ARR, building something big that will, will last, uh, you know, uh, forever. Did you always think that way, even as like a kid growing up or even if when you were in university, did you always 
think you were going to do something big? Did you always do big things? Yeah, so I'm an entrepreneur by nature. I knew that I could not have my own boss. And yeah, so I knew that I would be an entrepreneur. I started to do business since I was like 13, promoting parties and etc. So I had like good time there. But then, you know, I realized that I want to be after the army. I want to be in the technology space because I said, where is like the, the most growing kind of era, right? Or like vertical. So I took the technology because like the digital transformation and uh, knew that I want to be entrepreneur and try to equip myself with the best skill set. You know, if it's being a lawyer and, and, and studying at the Achman University, which I'm today, I'm on the board of director and, and donating their money, uh, you know, for the healthcare school that they're building next year. So I'm really involved in there and doing my philanthropy, I think, now to give back. Because, you know, out of the $600 million or so $350 million is primary capital, which we still have hundreds of millions in the bank and we're going to be profitable next year anyway. So, yeah, and the other $250 million is was secondary transaction to shareholders. So not all of it myself, for myself, but a good uh, a chunk of it so but like uh, with this come the responsibility and 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 to give example that you are sharing and donating back to the community and i just had an interview because tomorrow is the new eve of rosh hashanah the new year for the jewish people and i uh, like was interview about philanthropy except so i hope like a new other fellow young entrepreneur that uh, got lucky and uh, you know can afford to to do like all the Charity, same as like the big names uh, like Jeff Bezos, Mark Benioff, uh, Bill Gates, obviously, etc. So, knowing what you know about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, what do you think the characteristics are? Like, if an entrepreneur was to kind of approach you and ask you, "Hey, would you back me? Would you support me? Do you think I'll be successful?" What are the things really? that you would need to see in that person? Yeah, which they do all the time because uh, I also have my uh, early stage vehicle for investing in startups. We are now doing our first deal in music tech, really cool company. So, so yeah, they do approach me. So I can tell you very precise what I'm looking for. So first and foremost, I think is resiliency. They need like, and I've been in the special forces of the paratroopers, participate in the last foreign operation and still doing the reserve. Right, so I learned something about resiliency uh, at the army, and I think it's really shaped me as an entrepreneur. This is uh, number one, resiliency. Number two is optimism, right? So you have like this up and down, et cetera, and if you're not an optimistic person, you won't be able to be an entrepreneur. And the third one is like determination, right? Like when you have a goal, okay, I don't care, I will do it, whatever it takes to be really determined. And and will be kind of fully committed, right? So he, as an entrepreneur, you need to give your heart and soul for your company and to be 100% committed and kind of obsessed about uh, the company. is the only way you can succeed, right? So if you're a bit, uh, you know, so, so you need to give all your heart and soul into it. Uh, so I would say determination and, and commitment. And then I think also... Courage, and I'll say why courage. Because as a CEO, father, you need to do some fantastic. And, and you know, I think also all of it is. If you ask me, it's uh, what makes good leader, right? So he needs to be optimistic. He needs to be determined. He needs to be brave and have some courage to do uh, decisions that you know, you know, there are people that are not going to like it, and you need to stand behind and lead 
so yeah, so those are my uh, four pillars for the successful characteristic of entrepreneur that I'm looking to back, you know, both as Tom as in our new fund, the Horizon Ambassadors. What do you think is more fun, being an entrepreneur or an investor? I can give you like very interesting perspective form, you know, like starting being founder, CEO in the early days. And now like, okay, you create a lot of wealth and a lot of responsibility. So you need to, to think more broadly, more big and dream big, as I said, and, and, and kind of so like Verbi today is a bigger organization, right? Like more than 500 people that work for me. And we're a very senior and strong management team that I always, my recommendation, hire people that are smarter than you, better than you, and, and kind of challenge them all the time to dream big. You know? And yeah, so we have really good, strong entry. So this allows me to do other stuff, so like have also the experience as an investor. But what I enjoyed the most is the, you know, being kind of founding investors to find them very early and then help them to to build the dream. So, so yeah, as I said, we're doing the first deal in music tech. Again, for me, like doing this is becoming again as an entrepreneur. So I really, I managed to split my time to be very efficient. That I'm working, you know, two hundred percent, no hundred percent, like uh, having uh, many meetings a day. Uh, so then you can like do more stuff. So so then it's a big organization. I don't need to be there all the time. So it allows me to do both. So I can enjoy from both forward. But if I need to choose one, is the entrepreneur because once you build it from the bottom up and then you see the creation. So every time you get the dopamine and the excitement uh, from this, once you crack the business model, the first customer, the first term sheet, um, you know. So it's it's, it's interesting those. Uh, Excited. I, I, I'm happy that I can still enjoy both with my flexibility. So, What's the most challenging part of scaling Verbit today, like at the stage it's at? I think it's the Gen AI as, you know, also opportunity and also a, a threat for us. Uh, and so I want to explain uh, why and then and then to, to answer your, your question. So, you know, think about... You know, the demand to our solution at Verbit is driven by regulation, right? Why people need to ask you? Because they have to have the ADA, American Disability Act, that's forced organizations like Stanford, Harvard, et cetera, to make their uh, content accessible to students with hearing problems. Then uh, you have the the broadcaster and the media, right? Like the CNN, the Disney, NBC, et cetera. They need to make their closed captioning accessible again to people with hearing problems. So all those names are Verbit customers, just to give you that. Right? Also in the legal space, uh, you need to have certified transcripts. You need someone to uh, certify it so you can use it at the deposition process. Those are the verticals that uh, we're focusing today. And it's really interesting to hear the, the dynamic on the digital transformation from like, you know, the companies that we bought, they were like human-based to more AI-based and how like uh, you really drive more automation with technology and how like now with all this Gen AI, how you're actually using it. And this is why I want to explain why this risk versus opportunity because the regulation is progressing in one pace and, and the innovation technology is progressing in a different pace. And I saw a really interesting interview with Eric Schmidt talking about it. So because of the demand in our solution is driven by regulation. So we believe there are still a few more years until the regulator will change the regulation that AI based only transcription is good enough to help those people with disability because this is the basics, you know, for why we're doing it. It's all about as a company and our values to do good and win together. It's part of our 
who we are. So we help people with disabilities around hard of hearing and deaf to make verbal information accessible for them as part of our vision, as I explained earlier. But then eventually it's all come down to, to pricing uh, risk because like revenue model for Verbit is number of audio minutes we are transcribing multiplied by the price per minute. So the AI only will cost, let's say, 20 cents. And with human assistant is $1 because you need to pay to the human for the time correcting it. So there's a big 80% prices. And then, so I think we'll see the price uh, compression over time. But then our metric is AI-driven solution and how it's growing and with the trend of the market of more automation. And, and this is before talking about the opportunity that we can build vertical-based application uh, based on Gen AI for each vertical. And I can give you an example. We did Hackathon internally and we came up like... Uh, with like 13 ideas for potential application in each vertical and decided to commercialize two as top priority, one in the education space, one in the legal space, and then the education space. So I, I met with the right people in the universities I mentioned earlier, and like, what is the future of learning? Well, the Ivy League school, what is the future of learning? Let's dream together. And then because we have, as I said earlier, in, in the Gen AI world, like your data is your differentiator, right? So once we have the unique access to the data and the workflow, we have the transcript of all those lectures that uh, they have, and we can build on top of it, like summarization, creating like all the, the book for this specific course, uh, creating some topic extraction and linking it with other stuff if needed. And also, you know, creating engagement quiz, right? So like to make sure you understand and, and see more engagement from the student in the learning management system. So this is what our like the future and, and our product rollout strategy, we're going to build a vertical specific application based on Gen AI with our transcript and the unique data set. Think that like the, the transcript is the prompt that you're putting for the Gen AI and then you can do a lot of stuff around that. So this is the education space. In the legal space is more uh, around finding contradiction in the witness, like when in the position, when like a tool for the lawyers, it's like, I call it legal intelligence or litigation intelligence that help them to identify when uh, the witness contradict himself and he's conflicting himself. And then uh, to basically uh, eliminate the paralegal work, right? Like like what the burden of proof, you know, what are the, the cases, relevant rules, relevant precedent, et cetera. So the Gen AI, when you put the prompt for it, can do it uh, by itself. And this is also another very interesting application we're building on top of the data in the legal vertical. So I'll give you some example of where, where, where we are taking the company in terms of the roadmap and, and the strategy. So really cool, exciting time ahead. Excellent. One question before I head into the final portion of the interview. Can you tell us about how you interact with your investors? Do they assist on operational matters? Are they more you know, in some cases, capital allocators, and then play a role on the board. How is your interaction with investors on a regular basis? Yeah, it's a good question. So we have, as I mentioned, like T1 shareholder base, most of them sophisticated investors, right? Like uh, third point, uh, we are the largest holding for third point ventures in the private market because they're a big hedge fund in New York. And then Loeb uh, and Rob Schwarz are a really good friend, and we're really enjoying partnering with them. So we have a quarterly board meeting where we present all the financial strategic discussion, etc. We drove the 
the Gen AI strategy um, for Verbit and like, uh, you know, how we, we create from the limon limonade, right? Because a lot of people can see it as a risk and we like, because the quality of the AI is getting better. So we can always benchmark ourselves against, you know, the big tech, et cetera, and show that we are 20, 30% better because of the vertical specific, et cetera. Because basically what is speech recognition? Maybe it's interesting for the audience to understand. It's an algorithm to show you the best guess of what's been said based on statistical model, right? So think that we have this data network effect, right? And over 500 million hours of structured data we transcribe over the year and trained our technology with because every customer we onboard, we have, you know, this statistical model that being fed back to it and then more automation and you see better gross margin, better free cash flow, et cetera. And this is how we are, you know, playing it and, and trying to drive more, you know, improvement and efficiency and uh, et cetera. So, so yeah, it's, it's always ongoing kind of uh, a challenge, not, not a challenge, like a hustle to, to build and to do it and, and to prove it again and again from each company that you're buying, et cetera. And this is why the AI driven kind of all the time should increase and this is how we, we think about our business. Okay. Last two questions. One is, can you tell us about a person who has had a profound influence on you? Well, I, it's Ronen Neil. He led our Series A from Viola Ventures with our big uh, shareholders. So he worked with me closely in the board really hands-on and uh, enjoy working with him. And then he left the fund to start PSG operation in Israel. So then he had to leave the board. And, you know, he was like really uh, kind of a mentor for me, learning a lot from him on, you know, the, the role of strategy and, and really how to build a big company. What are the important metrics to crack the, the business model, the revenue model? So it was like really hands-on experience. And, uh, yeah, there's another board member that's still on the board that uh and we keep working uh, together until this day working at the fund also together so yeah jacob i can say he was also important kind of a mentor for me because i i'm a first time ceo right and like to be so lucky for the first time to build such a, a big success you know i do had like another experience of like one year with my previous one but like I felt that I kind of stopped and started Verbeat from the same place, like with this knowledge. So, you know, and, and to be, you know, CEO over a $2 billion market cap company, although, you know, we're private, we're not traded. So, you know, you can ask that this was at the COVID uh, peak bubble valuation. So, you know, and all the public market went down 60%. So Verbit is a mature company that, you know, should be looking at. But anyway, not going to talk about valuation also, but, but yeah, so interesting experience. Excellent. Uh, last question. Can you tell us about a charity cause or other endeavor that you're passionate about? Yes. Yeah, so why I told you about the interview I had for the New Year's Eve, it's called Keshet. Mm -hmm. It's like the first uh, in Israel, like donority advisory fund. Like this is the vehicle, like why I was interested in charity in the first place, because I, my hobby is to listen for interviews of the, the Jeff Bezos of the world or Bill Gates or Mike Benny of the big philanthropist or Warren Buffett, obviously, etc. So to listen to their interview around philanthropy, etc., it's really inspired me. And then I, I learned from them that like there's this vehicle of donority share advising fund. So through this vehicle, I, I made two interesting uh, donations. So like my, my focus is around education and healthcare. So I donated to the hospital that I was born and uh, my dad, his life was saved there. So I, I made a, a good donation for this hospital and for the university 
Reichman as I mentioned I'm part of the board of, of directors now uh, uh, so uh, they're gonna start as I said the healthcare uh, school and uh, like we need to have like the best labs for like all this digital transformation and there's a lot of in healthcare digital health there's a lot to be made and we're kind of building our incubation in there and I donated the all the uh, labs equipment and the lab itself it's going to be under the living foundation so it's going to be uh, cool and, and exciting to see this launching next year well Tom I want to thank you so much for taking the time I know our audience will find this very insightful I hope so thank you for having me it was a pleasure talking to you